0: Have you ever achieved a good amount of sobriety time from pornography or some other unwanted sexual behavior? Like maybe you got a few weeks under your belt or a few months or maybe even a whole year and then bam, you like fall right back into it or you fall into an even worse sin than before. It's called relapse and it can easily happen to all of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care how godly you think you are relapse can easily happen to all of us. But why does it occur? And what do we need to do when it does occur? Those are the questions that I want to answer on this week's episode of the Grizz podcast. So here we go. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Grizz Podcast, where our mission is to help boys become men, and to help men become better men. It's going to be raw, it's going to be real, and it's going to be relevant. Now, here's your host, Jason George. I'm your husband, man. Yo, yo, thanks for tuning in to the Grizz Podcast. I am glad you're here. Sincerely, I am really glad that you're here. Whether you're at the gym or on a run or a walk around your neighborhood or making that long commute to or from work, I am so grateful to be part of your life. Did you know that there are over 850,000 active podcasts? I'm not kidding. 850,000 active podcasts as of 2022. And 51% of Americans listen to podcasts. So the fact that you're here listening to this one, dude, I'm grateful. As usual, I'm here in the Grizz Cave with my dog, Remy, and a fresh cup of hot coffee. And I hope you guys had a relaxing weekend. Man, I had a phenomenal weekend. And I don't typically say that. I don't really use that term very much to describe my weekend. Phenomenal. But it really was. Uh, I felt pretty good health-wise in my battle with Lyme disease. Uh, My symptoms were low. I'm grateful for that. I had a good friend come in town. His name is Josh Young. I've known him since high school. We used to be on the same wrestling team together. And we went to the same college together. Uh, at liberty university so he came in town Uh, he lives in maryland and on friday we did some fishing together Uh, my wife was out on the boat with us we rented a boat for about four hours Uh, i caught a small fish (laughs) i had had a lot of bait get taken from the hook so something was biting and then i caught a stingray a small one but uh I, i got it off the hook I was a little bit nervous because I kept thinking of Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, who was, of all things, that could have killed that guy. You know, we've seen him wrestle crocodiles, right? Um, He gets killed by a stingray, so I was thinking about that. Anyway, we did some fishing. We enjoyed a really good cigar while we are out on the boat cruising. And then that night, we went out to a really good restaurant in Charleston that is called Grill 225. You're ever in Charleston, highly recommend it. It was really, really good. Good appetizers and had a really good steak. Of course, I got steak. Man, what else am I going to eat, right? So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Then Saturday we did some mountain biking together. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We did a fourteen mile loop, but we took our time, just talking along the way and then just hanging out over the weekend having coffee chilling laughing about old times talking about things with marriage and family and uh, our walk with God and things that we both need to be working on and areas where we just suck you know what I'm saying but it was good it was encouraging it was you know spiritually just stimulating for both of us I needed it and I was thinking how like those good relationships that we have with family and friends, those are the real riches that we get in this life here on earth. We got some serious riches coming in the next life for those of us that are in Christ. But in this life, the real riches here on earth, it's really those good relationships that we have with family and friends. It's not money, man. We need money. But you know what the Bible says. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not essentially the goal. The more money you get, you're you're not happier. I mean, I agree with Biggie on what he said. Mo' money often creates mo' problems. But the real riches in this life here on earth, it's not money. It's not more stuff. It's really the good relationships that we have with family and friends. It's called relational wealth. And we all need that. I'm thankful for it. I don't have a ton of good, close friends. I can count them on one hand, the good, close ones. You know what I'm saying? I have a lot of friends, kind of casual friends. I'm, I'm, I'm there for them. They're there for me. We don't really talk that much. We don't know everything about what's going on in each other's lives, but... I got a few good friends. And if you do too, if you can count them on one hand, then dude, you're blessed. We all need that. Anyway, let's get into the meat of this week's episode. So, have you ever achieved a good amount of sobriety time from pornography or some other unwanted sexual behavior? And I'm talking about like you've got maybe a few weeks under your belt or even a few months. Maybe you even got a whole year. Maybe you got a couple years under your belt. And then, bam, you fall right back into it. I talked with a guy today that had four years of sobriety from pornography. Four years. And today he confessed that he fell. And he fell hard. And I was so glad that he confessed it. And when he confessed it, he was just fighting through the tears. He was having trouble even talking. He had to stop himself several times just to felt like get his composure and get his voice normal. But it was awesome. It's not awesome that he fell. It's awesome that he was coming clean about it. He was confessing and that he felt safe enough to confess it to myself and some other brothers in Christ. It was awesome. It was refreshing. It was encouraging. And we tried to encourage him. And we prayed for him. And we said that we're going to be with him through it to help him get back on track. Because that's what real brothers in Christ do for one another. Have you ever done that, man? You ever had... Couple weeks, couple months, maybe a year, maybe a couple years, and you fall right back into it. And when you fall, maybe you fall into an even worse sin than what you've ever done before. I've been there more times than I can count. It's called relapse. It's called relapse, guys. And it can easily happen to all of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care how godly you think you are. Relapse can easily happen to all of us. You know, in this past week, I've talked to at least four, maybe five brothers in Christ whom I respect. I'll never mention their names, but they've confessed to me that they recently relapsed with porn or some other sexual sin. I don't judge them. I don't condemn them. On the contrary, I respect their honesty and also their courage for confessing to their brothers in Christ the sin that they've committed. Because what they're doing is they're practicing James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So I listened to them. I prayed for them. And I tried to humbly encourage them because I know that I'm not better than them. I've been there. Where they're at. Like I said, like more times than I can count. Relapse with porn or some other unwanted sexual behavior, it can just happen to all of us. It's so easy to slip and fall in this area. Today in 2022, We have so much ease and availability with technology. All it takes is pick up that phone, a few clicks here, a few clicks there on your phone or your tablet or or your computer, and there it is. And it's in high definition. It could be in 4K, right? any niche that you're into. Even things you would have never thought of. There it is. To entice you and to gratify you. It can't satisfy you, but it can temporarily gratify you. There it is, right? You know what I'm talking about. But why does relapse occur? And when it does occur, what do we need to do? How do we handle that? What should our response be? These are the questions I want to answer right here on this episode. Author and counselor Joe Dallas has a really good book called The Game Plan that myself and the guys in our CLIMB team that we have. If you don't know about those, you can learn more about them at narrowtrail.com, narrowtrail.com, climb, teams. Um, We're going through his book called The Game Plan. But in that book, he says, relapse is always possible, but it's never inevitable. You could always relapse as long as you have free will and opportunity. And you'll have both of those as long as you're breathing. As long as you're breathing, a relapse is possible. Listen, guys, just because you've separated from a sin like pornography for a substantial period of time, that doesn't mean that you've destroyed it. You haven't killed the dragon totally. It's still there. Sin is waiting in the shadows. And we see this sobering truth in Genesis 4, 7. Did you know that right before Cain murders his brother Abel, that God actually warned him? Listen to what God says. Genesis 4, 7. Talking to Cain. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Those are powerful words from God to Cain, who is about to murder his brother. Sin is still there, my brothers, waiting in the shadows, crouching at the door. I don't care if you have 10 years of sobriety under your belt. It is waiting. It is ready for you to let your guard down and make one foolish decision. It's so extremely easy to do. I've done it. You've done it too. The apostle Paul who tells us in Romans 8:37 that we are more than conquerors through Christ. The same apostle Paul then goes on and also warns us over in 1 Corinthians 10:12 to be careful of relapse. He writes, "Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall." So In this one passage, Romans 8.37, he's saying, we're more than conquerors through Christ. Amen, we are. But then in 1 Corinthians 10.12, he's telling us to be careful of relapse. Let him who thinks he stands take heed, keep his guard up, lest he fall. Joe Dallas, in his book, goes on and he writes, We need to be confident in Christ, but not cocky. You don't have to relapse. You have the ability to choose to do what's right. You're not helpless. To help us avoid relapse, we need to be aware of the situations, the states of mind, or wrong decisions that could make us more susceptible to a relapse. And he goes on and he says that there are relapse setups things that literally set us up for a relapse, for a fall. And that's what I want to share with you. Because as I went through these, I found them extremely helpful in my own life. I identified with every single one of these. So there are four reasons or setups as to why we relapse. And as I said, I relate to all four of them. As I read them, it was been there, done that. You know what I'm saying? Reason number one, because you neglect your recovery plan. You neglect your recovery plan. Now, if, if you're in recovery, then you have a plan. If you don't have a, plan, you're not in recovery. So if you're listening, and you're like, hey, I, I've never come up with any kind of a plan, no one's ever helped me come up with a plan. You're not in recovery. A man without a plan is a man planning to fail, period. And the number one reason guys relapse is they neglect their recovery plan. So if you don't even have a recovery plan, you're definitely going to relapse. You need someone to help you formulate a recovery plan or some guys call them a battle plan. I call mine a climbing plan because I love the imagery of climbing and mountains and being on a journey. You need help with that. If you would like me to help you with that, I'd be happy to do like an hour of one-on-one coaching with you and help you understand what that looks like and get you working on that. You can reach out to me um by going to narrowtrail.com narrowtrail.com but yeah man so basically and i've seen this happen in my life many times you get lazy and you stop following your recovery plan you start doing things like um you oversleep or you just like get up late and then you just get into your day And you didn't start your day like your plan says to by beginning your day with time in the Word of God. You didn't begin your day with some time in prayer. You didn't begin your day with reviewing your recovery plan. You didn't begin your day with reviewing your purity motivation. That takes me about 20 minutes in the morning to do. I spend a little bit of time in the Word, spend a little bit of time in prayer just to begin my day. doesn't mean that I can't do more later, but about five minutes in the word, about five minutes in prayer, taking about five to eight minutes to review my climbing plan or recovery plan. And then, you know, I'm also in that time reviewing like 10, maybe 15 motives, reasons why I need to live pure and stay away from um, sexual sin you say so you your plan is that you do this every morning Jason yes for how long till the day I die this is what's part of my recovery plan or my climbing plan so a guy gets lazy he stops following that he starts missing some of those things not doing those things He starts skipping his weekly support accountability meetings with his group. He starts skipping going to church at least once a week. He's neglecting his recovery plan. And this is why relapse happens. Guys, listen, we're not prone to stick to anything that is good for us. That's just human nature. If it's good for us, we are not prone to stick with it. If it's bad for us, negative, harmful, destructive, unhealthy. Oh, that's easy to stick with, right? That's easy. Hey, but the easy way. 99.9% of the time, that's the wrong way. Laziness, inconsistency is the number one reason why relapse has occurred in my life. Remember, guys, whatever you attain, you must maintain or it falls apart. It's true physically with health and fitness. It's also true with spiritual health and fitness. If I get in really good shape physically... I get strong, I get muscular, I get my cardio, my endurance up. I get to where, you know, my friends and family are like, dang, Jay, I can tell you've been working out. Dude, what happened? Okay, so I attain something. I haven't, but I'm working on it. So I attain it. Whatever I attain, I must maintain. Or what happens? You lose it. You will lose it. You don't get that and keep that. Otherwise, I'd still be looking the way I did coming out of high school from all the working out from the weight room and football and wrestling and my cardio and my endurance levels. Like, yeah, I didn't keep that, guys. I could have. What you attain, you you can keep it, but you got to maintain it. The same is true spiritually. So with a Recovery plan, when a guy's like, dude, I'm doing so well. I've got six months. I've got one year. I've got four years. You better remember what you attain, you must maintain. Or it falls apart. Stop this whole, I'm good now. We'll talk more about that in a minute. You will relapse If you don't stick to your daily and weekly structure, your plan, your disciplines, you will relapse. Your heart and your mind need the godly influence that those things bring to you. And like I said, like for my daily disciplines, it only takes me about 15 to 20 minutes to start my day and do those things. Time in the word, time in prayer. Time reviewing my motivation, time reviewing my my recovery plan. I Just do it real quick. Takes a few minutes per day. And then it takes a few hours per week, that's all, for me to go to uh, my support accountability group. For me to do accountability check-ins. I do those daily with an accountability partner. I also check in with my group. On the Signal app, talk to each other. If they say something, I respond. Yeah, it takes up some of my time, but it's worth it. They help me, I help them. And then I, uh, on my recovery plan, I go to church once a week. So, yeah, you're looking at like 15 to 20 minutes per day for daily disciplines, and you're looking at a few hours per week. So, it's worth it. What you attain, you must maintain. Don't allow any excuses for neglecting your climbing plan. You follow it to a T. I'm sorry, I called it a climbing plan. That's what I call mine, a recovery plan, a battle plan. Don't allow any excuses for neglecting it. You follow it to a T. Reason number two, why guys relapse. Because you think that you've reached the summit. You think you've reached the summit. Now, you could tell I'm always talking in climbing terms, like we're on a journey, going up a mountain. But there's guys who, in recovery, they think they've reached the summit. They think they're good. They think they got it. You know, they see that image of the dude on the mountaintop with his hands up. Like, I'm here. I've got a year. I've got two years. I've arrived. No, you haven't. You know, you got to be aware of false summits. I've been on mountains where you think you're at the summit, but it's not. You get there and then you realize, wait, wait a second. From down there, it looked like this was it. No, no. (laughs) You got more climbing to do. I don't care how far you've climbed spiritually. You have not arrived until you get home to heaven. Just because you've achieved some substantial sobriety time, that doesn't mean that you no longer need structure, disciplines, accountability, team meetings, church meetings. You know, improvement, improvement with personal purity does not mean you're cured. You ever notice like with the antibiotics, I don't know if this is the best illustration, but what does the doctor always say? Hey, I'm giving you 14 days of this antibiotic. If you start feeling better on day five, don't stop taking it. Finish it. Why? Because it's working. I've noticed that even in my battle with Lyme disease, with recovery, treatment. I'm doing all these things that I got to do, getting proper rest, taking all these vitamins, taking all these supplements. At times I've had to go on different rounds of antibiotics and I do a lot of detoxing and I've got to do these certain kind of exercises where I push myself, but I don't push too hard. My, my sleep is a big deal. I got to have proper sleep hygiene. I got to eliminate things from my diet, gluten, dairy, sugar. All of a sudden, guess what? Over time, I was like, man, I'm noticing a difference. I'm feeling better overall. And what did I do? I quit doing the things that helped me feel better. What I attained, what brought it, I didn't didn't stick with it. And then what happens? I start feeling worse. I start crashing again. I have a flare-up. My Lyme doctor is like, Jason, keep doing what I've been telling you to do. Even when we get a grip on things, there's still some things I need you to keep doing for the rest of your life so that you can manage this properly, so that you can maintain. Now, I think I'm finally getting it with Lyme disease. Improvement with personal purity does not mean you're cured. When changes, healing, growth, and sobriety come, you need to recognize why it came. It's because your recovery plan is working. So stick with it. And keep climbing. You've not arrived. Even the Apostle Paul knew that he himself had not yet reached the summit spiritually. That's why in Philippians 3.12 he says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Don't you love that? Don't you love hearing that from a guy like the Apostle Paul? Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. He's like, I'm not. I got a long way to go, guys, to be perfectly like Christ. Reason number three, why guys relapse, because they're not confessing everything they're not confessing everything listen we don't just need to confess our quote unquote major sins we must also confess our temptations our struggles edging behaviors that we may not think we that they're that big of a deal like just because you don't think that they're that big of a deal that doesn't mean that you don't need to confess it Get those things out. Some guys are like, well, I'll confess it if it's a full blown relapse and I go all in. But other than that, you know, they try to come across like when there is a time for an accountability support group or a time to meet with a counselor or pastor, whoever it is that you check in with and you should be checking in with someone. That they're just doing good, man. Doing great, doing awesome. Praise God! Like I just, shh, man, I've come a long way. How are you doing this week? I just told you, man. I'm doing great. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't break sobriety. I didn't ask you that. I'm glad you didn't break sobriety. I'm, I'm asking though, what else? How are you doing? Anything pulling at you this week? Anything tempting you? Any kind of internal struggles, any kind of external struggles, pulls, triggers, any kind of edging behaviors. Some of you new guys to the podcast may say, well, what's edging? What do you mean by that? Uh, Edging is a great term. It's where you're not technically all in. You haven't gone to porn or you haven't, you know, had sex with your girlfriend or your secretary, someone other than your wife, but you're edging really close. You're, it's like you're flirting with it. You're toying with it. You're considering. You haven't gone over the edge, but, man, you're dancing right by the cliff. Reason number three, as I said, why guys relapse is because you're not confessing everything. I remember about a year ago, I was in my support accountability group. I'll never mention this guy's name, but he, uh, one of the guys, he mentioned that he was on vacation with his family and his extended family. So his wife's sister and her husband were there and their kids. And he just came to the group this one day and he said, man, guys, I got to confess something. And I hope you don't look down on me. I feel, it's kind of weird about this, but I just need to get it out. I'm just being real. And he said, "My wife is beautiful. She's pretty. I'm attracted to her. Yes, I want to have sex with my wife." But he said her sister is also very attractive. And we're going to the beach and she's in a swimsuit and it was just really messing with me some. It was just really catching my eye. I found myself like wanting to check her out. He's like, you know, I didn't go there. I didn't go off and look at her and masturbate. I didn't go off and fantasize about her and masturbate. He said, but man, it was pulling with me. And he's like, I can't tell my wife that. Our group leader did a really good job. He said, no, I wouldn't recommend telling your wife that. I'd recommend what you just did. And I spoke up and I was like, yeah, dude, that was refreshing. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, man, just that level of honesty, realness, vulnerability. And some guys were just like there in the Zoom meeting like, wow. Now I'm thinking like, oh, don't, don't everybody else try to act like you're incapable of that. We're all capable of that and far worse. So confess everything, get it out. Don't let the desire to look good in the eyes of others override the need for total honesty because that's what it comes down to sometimes. It's how we want to look, how we want to be perceived, our image. Don't let that override the need for total honesty. So I was in group today with some guys And one guy just, man, he had been doing really well for years, like I said. I think I said that earlier. Sorry. This is like my second time recording this episode, so I don't know if I said it in the first attempt or this one. Uh, Sometimes, just so you guys know, it can take three times to get a good episode recorded because things interrupt or you don't feel like they came out right or you feel like, it wasn't what you said, but it could be even just the way you said it. Like, did I come across arrogant? Did I come across just too preachy, fire and brimstone? And I don't want to come across like that. So sometimes I re-record. It sucks sometimes. <laughs> it eats up my day. Uh, but this this one brother showed up, and you know he had sobriety for several years, but he had recently had a failure. And he was just like, man, really, really devastated. But he was getting everything out and confessing where it started. And he was like, you know, I I just started missing group. I wasn't coming to group. Yeah, I had vacation. I was going to some camps with teenagers in our church. And I was doing, he had all these reasons. He's like, but I see now, like, I was just avoiding it, you know, like avoiding well, I didn't think I was doing it to like intentionally like, oh, I want to slip. I want to go look at something. But he's like, but man, it, what I kind of heard him saying is it's we can we can deceive ourselves, man. It's so easy. Like remember Jeremiah seventeen nine, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Who can know it? So get it all out. Confess everything. If you start down the path of lying in one area, you're going to redevelop that habit, and it's going to spread to other areas of your life. And you got to remember 1 Corinthians 5, 6, where the Apostle Paul, he warns us, hey, a little leaven, it'll leaven the whole lump. Don't start down that path with lying. I'm doing great, man. Kept sobriety. Dude, praise the Lord. Just remember me saying, guys, like this voice, that's good. I'm proud of you. How did your week go? What's going on? Any internal triggers, uh, struggles, external edging? What's pulling at you? Be real, be authentic. Confess all your temptations, struggles, edging behaviors. This is the wisest and safest way to climb, to make progress, to recover. Last one, last reason why guys relapse. Because they're unwilling to address the deeper issues. Unwilling to address the deeper issues that are in their life. What are the deeper issues? The stuff that's way down deep in your heart that you may not want to look at. You may think, I don't need to look at that. I'm just going to like, you know, follow my recovery plan and I'm going to group and I'm reading that book that Jason recommended. And But if there's deep stuff going on in your heart that you've never addressed, you're going to relapse. He's like, what kind of deep stuff? It could be resentment towards a person, a parent. Could be towards God. It could be a past trauma that you've never dealt with, that you've never talked to someone about. You've never talked to uh, a good pastor, a counselor, a therapist, a coach about things that have happened to you, abuse, old wounds. I'm not just talking about physical and sexual abuse. It could be emotional, mental, spiritual abuse. There could be a spirit of unforgiveness inside of you to the point where you're like, man, I know I'm not supposed to hate people, but there's this one person. I hate them. Well, you need to get that out. If you're going through depression, anxiety, that that stuff can reside deep in your heart and it must be addressed. Do not ignore those things. Make sure you're addressing your deeper issues with a good pastor, counselor, therapist, or coach. Don't deceive yourself by believing that you can recover without addressing those things. So my brothers, listen, battling and overcoming your personal sin, it's no easy endeavor. You don't realize how difficult it actually is until you get serious about killing it. No matter how many times we fall, we must keep fighting and killing our personal sin until the day we die. In Romans 8:13, God tells us, "For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live." And then in Colossians 3, verses 5 through 11, he says the same thing: "Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you." Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then he lists those things out. And the first thing he lists is put to death sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness. Notice he's he doesn't just mention the acts, put those to death, but even the desires must be put to death. So when that dude that I was telling you about, came to his group accountability support meeting and he says, man, I didn't act on anything, but I had some twisted sexual desires for my wife's sister. I felt tempted to look at her and want to lust. He, he did what this passage says. He put that to death. How did he put it to death? Cause he brought it to the light and then he was good. It didn't last. He killed it. He says, all these things, which are adultery, idolatry, sorry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. That's a scary statement. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, now, here in the present, you must put them all away. Stop it. Go and sin no more is what he's saying. Just like Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery. He said, woman, neither like, where are your condemners? She's like, they're, they're not here, Lord. No one's here to condemn you. They all walked away. And he said, neither do I condemn you. So he gives her mercy and grace, which is amazing. But then what does he tell her? Go and sin no more. That's what this is saying. But now you must put them all away. And he lists out some more sins anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You know, this is one of the marks of a true believer. That we fight and we kill sin in our lives, not in other people's lives. The mark, One of the marks of a true believer is that we fight and we kill our sin. It's not that we're perfect. It's not that we're just amazing, sinless people. But people should be able to see, like, dude, that dude is serious about fighting and killing his sin. He takes efforts. He does what it takes to separate. He does what it takes to prevent. He does what it takes to replace sin with better things. It's something that we do and we keep doing. We don't become content with the sin in our lives. We constantly fight it. Do we win every battle? No. But that's okay. As long as we learn from our losses and we make adjustments and we improve. You know, this makes me think of the famous speech by President Teddy Roosevelt. The man in the arena. I love this speech so much. I have a copy myself. I gave a copy of it, a framed copy of it, and a nice frame to my son when he turned 18 and went off to college. This is what it says. The Man in the Arena by Teddy Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to get a warm up on my coffee and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to real, real, real quickly just share with you what you need to do when a relapse does occur. So we've talked about why a relapse can occur, but then, okay, if it does occur, what do I need to do? We need to go over that really quick. I'll be right back. My salvation is all I want is to be in the light. (laughs) Dude, that's some old school. DC talk. Uh, Toby, Kevin, Michael. Good stuff, man. Anyway. All right. So what do you do if relapse occurs? Great question. I'm going to give you three things. Number one, contact and confess. If it occurs right away, you need to contact and confess. You got to figure out ahead of time, before you have a relapse, who that person is that you need to contact and confess to and do it right away. Don't wait a day. Do it immediately. could be a pastor, youth pastor, accountability partner, accountability group, could be a coach, a sponsor, a counselor, but contact that person immediately. Tell him you relapsed and that you need his support and prayers. Get it out. Explain what happened. That person on the receiving end is there to listen, to pray, and just there to basically support you. And the longer you wait to notify that person, the more tempted you're going to be to cover up the relapse and never deal with it. And that's going to lead to two things. Number one, uh, it'll lead you right back to the lying and the cover up. That created your addiction in the first place. And number two, it can lead you to acting out again. This has happened to me to where you don't get it out. You don't contact and confess right away. And you could easily fall into like a binge, more sin and worse sin. Then number two, you need to watch your game films. What do you do If you have a relapse, contact and confess. Number two, watch your game films. This is what I had to do in high school. We play a football game on Friday night or Saturday. Whether we win, whether we lose, we watch some game films on Monday. Figure out what we did right, what we did wrong, what we can do better. Same kind of thing. That's what you need to be doing. With the help of whoever you contact and confess to, you got to figure out why And how you relapsed. Were you following your recovery plan? If not, where were you off? Were you missing your morning disciplines? Were you skipping group meetings? Have you been edging with looking at social media that's not technically porn, but it arouses you? Did you not have your phone and devices locked down and monitored with covenant eyes and a password And the parental settings that you don't know makes no sense to get Covenant Eyes, lock it down with a password, and you know the password. Makes no sense. You want to know who that guy is? He's a moron. That's who he is. Also, you're looking at things like when you're watching your game films. Have you been overstressed? Have you been run down? Have you been angry, depressed, anxious? A lot of internal triggers. Is that what's going on? Are you not talking it out with a godly friend, pastor, counselor, coach? Watch your game films. Figure out what went wrong. Why did you fall? How did you fall? What day was it? I ask guys that too when I'm helping them work through a relapse. What day was this? It was Friday. After work? Yeah. So the end of the week, you're pretty, pretty run down. You also kind of got that mentality like, I deserve a break. Yep. Were you home alone and bored? You got to figure out the breakdown. Where did the breakdown occur? How did it occur? And then you got to figure out how you need to make adjustments to prevent it from happening again in the future. Contact and confession is not enough. Got to watch your game films. And then, number three, take action immediately. Guys, it would make no sense if we watched the game films on Monday and then the coach was like, everybody good with that? Yeah, coach. All right. Then uh, I'll see you on Friday at the next game. No practice this week? No practice, man. I'll tell you what our coach did. watch the game films, and he was like, all right, We had most of our pads on, but we didn't have our shoulder pads on and stuff. But he would say, get your shoulder pads on, get your helmets on, and get your asses to that field right now. Hustle. Let's get at it. You do a good job, we get out of here on time. You don't do a good job, you guys are running today. We clear? You hear the whole group, yes, sir. Got to take action immediately. Once you figure out what adjustments you need to make to prevent it from happening again in the future, then go make those happen today. Make those adjustments happen today. I don't care if you got to cancel a meeting. I don't care if you got to go into work late. I don't care if you got to stay up late. I don't care what it takes. Take action immediately. Right now, today, if you have to go sign up for Covenant Eyes, go do it today. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Go meet with your accountability partner or your pastor and get your phone or devices password protected with a password that you don't know. Yeah, I'm talking about actually showing up, handing them your phone and saying, let's get this thing locked up so that I can't delete covenant eyes and so that I can't put on there these certain apps that have tempted me in the past. Make it impossible. Lock it up. If you need to go get it uh, updated or do something to your phone, then you go meet with them, you get it unlocked, you do what you need to do, and you hand it right back to them. You do not leave that meeting until it's locked right back up. Guys, I know what I'm talking about. And then you start recounting your sobriety days. Start recounting them you're going to accomplish nothing by just sitting and sulking, wallowing in your grief of your recent relapse. Self-pity is destructive. Despair is worse than the relapse. Relapse is only a temporary setback that you can actually learn from and build off of. But the whole self-pity woe is me. Despair. Wah. That is doom and gloom. Should you feel some sorrow over your sin? Some brokenness? Yeah. I hope you do feel that. Do something with it. Take action immediately. Despair. The the, the self-pity. The wah. The, the doom and gloom. It, it's the apocalypse, man. Like, Stop. Don't do that. And learn to protect your sobriety like a valued treasure. And keep climbing. Never quit. Get back on the program that you were in. Start following that recovery plan to a T. If you don't have one, contact me. Let's get together for some one-on-one coaching. And let's get one formulated. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, 14, I press on toward the gold to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I love that. He never quit. No matter what happens, I press on. I press on. A relapse. It may be check, but it doesn't mean checkmate. A relapse. You may lose a battle but that doesn't mean you've lost the war. Contact and confess. Watch your game films. Take action immediately. So much of what I talked about on this episode, I got to give credit where credit is due. There's a lot of stuff that comes from me. I formulated, I learned on my own, but a lot of it, a lot of it comes from Joe Dallas, author and counselor Joe Dallas. His book, The Game Plan, is an incredibly helpful book. I uh, highly recommend that you get that. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. And I think we're almost done. Let's see. Yep. A couple closing items of Grizz Biz. Uh, Climb teams are our online support accountability groups for Christian men who struggle with porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors. Those are going really well. Had two new guys fill out an application this week. We meet via Zoom on Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you are interested in joining that group, I think we have one or two spots left for that group. We are starting a new climb team soon in October Looking to see if guys are interested in doing a Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time meeting for that. If you're interested in learning more about climb teams, then go to narrowtrail.com and click on the page for climb teams. It'll tell you all about it. And there's a brief online application that you can fill out. Also, if you're interested in getting Covenant Eyes, and I hope you are, if you don't have it, get that. Uh, accountability, monitoring software on your phone, all your devices. You can do that at CovenantEyes.com, CovenantEyes.com. And when you're at checkout, use the promo code GRIZZIN, G-R-I-Z-Z-I-N, GRIZZIN. And you'll get the first month completely free just to try it out. Uh, So all of this info and the links for everything I went over in this episode, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, let's see. If you guys would like to connect with me, you can reach out through email uh, at info at uh, I'm really not on social media other than Facebook, and I try not to be on there too much. But I am on Facebook. You can look me up. And we do have a closed Facebook group called the Grizz Tribe. Uh, if you'd like to be part of that, uh, just look it up, and then got to answer some questions. And... Think that's it. Thanks for listening my brothers, keep stepping up, keep manning up, keep on grizzing.